If you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with Surf. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I want to put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. My guest today is Todd Bustler. Todd is the co-founder and CEO of Champify. I think they have a really interesting pitch and they actually monitor the job changes of your prospects to help you turn your existing relationships into new high quality opportunities that have a higher likelihood of converting. We get into how Todd transitioned from a more product and technical background into sales and ultimately sales leadership. We also talk about how Todd came up with the idea for Champify. Lastly, he shares a bunch of insights into how you can use the data that's already there, already at your disposal to build more quality pipeline. So with all that said, welcome Todd. So I actually want to start, normally I start with like your origin story and how you got into SaaS sales, but I want to take a, a different approach for this episode because I'm just dying with curiosity about what you're building right now over at Champify. Uh, I've already heard a little bit about it from another guest I had on this week. So I want to hear your elevator pitch if you don't mind. Yeah, elevator pitch here is I think the world of sales is changing a lot and really quickly and getting accelerated by a lot of stuff that's happening in Gen AI, et cetera. Um, but essentially what Champify is trying to do is you have a lot of teams at B2B SaaS sales organizations that are struggling to get into pipeline and a lot of the old tactics aren't working, you know, blast people on outreach and sales loft and cold call and follow up MQLs, et cetera. So what Champify tries to do is we work with companies, usually not super small startups. They have to have some bit of brand and customer base. Um, but what we do is we help companies tap into that customer base. So think about all the people that have bought your product, that have used your product, that have installed your product, that's working with your success teams, that's coming to your events, that's in your community groups. What we do is help tap into those individuals so that as they move around to different parts of their employment journey, the right person at your organization is getting alerted about those changes, right? So for a lot of our customers, this means that there's a whole steady stream of new lead flow that's separate from inbound, that's separate from outbound, that's separate from partners. And what we're seeing is the win rates on this lead channel, what we call familiarity or customer mm -hmm. advocates is significantly higher um, average win rate across our customers, about 50% for these opportunities. And in today's world where people are struggling to close deals and control velocity, um, they're looking for creative ways. And we have a pretty good answer to that. Yeah, I've been hearing this a lot. I actually had Scott Lease on my pod a few weeks ago or a few months ago, actually now. 
And we had the same conversation, which is like the traditional outbound tactics are starting to really, it, it's so saturated now. It's really hard to get traction from just a cold outbound touch, right? And so it sounds like you're all, you're building a way for people to leverage existing networks to then get, you know, pipeline built and, and meeting set. Is it a SaaS product? Is that? Yeah, it's a SaaS product. And I just correct one thing. I say like existing networks, sure, are one part. Really what we're trying to tap into is there's a whole slew, usually for customers, this is tens of thousands of people that have already, they already know your product. They've already had good experiences. And what we're trying to do is get organizations to spend more time on those people. Mm. Right. Like their marketing still needs to make people that are unaware with your solution and offering aware. Right. But from a sales efforts perspective, you want to spend, make sure you're covering that entire pie of who already knows about us, who has already had good experiences. And, you know, we're starting with job changes. It's like a very important trigger, but we believe there's tons of other stuff on the familiarity uh, channel that we can start to add to, which again, as the other channels get harder and harder, will become more important for organizations. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea. So how does it work? Like if I were to roll it out today, how would I set it up? Is it a pretty quick implementation process? I imagine it syncs with other data sources I have, like my CRM or maybe my LinkedIn sales navigator. Walk us through kind of day one or week one of, of using Champify. Yeah. So let's think about a customer of ours, like a Clary or Sendoso, a lot of your, your fans would know, is essentially they get installed in their Salesforce app. They basically tell, help, we work with them to determine who are these people that are familiar with their brand. It's usually buyers, users, people in their communities, et cetera. We get installed in their Salesforce instance, and we basically start tracking and monitoring those individuals. And then on a you know seven to 10 day basis, they're getting alerts based on those key employment changes. So Jess, you might've sold to someone at company A and now they went to prospect B. Person who owns prospect B at your account needs to know about that. And they need to have all the context of that relationship. How yeah. often were they using the product? How big was the customer? What SKUs were they paying? Um, what were their role in the previous relationship? Who was the CSM or AE that sold that deal? And by integrating directly into Salesforce via our Salesforce app, we can get you all of that relevant information so that you know what to say to this individual. And when you do it properly, um, you know, you're a lot of times seeing three, four, five X, the response rates versus traditional outbound, right? We don't even call it outbound. It's almost like rebound or a combination of inbound and outbound because you're part, you're already 80% through the awareness journey, right? They've already had some of those experience. So Salesforce based app, SaaS product. Um, we don't price on the number of seats because we can't tell in what territory and what segments people are going to go to. Yeah. So people license it at the company level. Um, and the positive business outcomes are typically a big spike in pipeline, better attainment across SDRs and AEs, better deal velocity for a huge chunk of opportunities, et cetera. Yeah, that's awesome. So t tell us, maybe take us back now. How'd you get the idea for this and what points in your career kind of led to, to starting something like this? I think it's really interesting. So my, my background really, you know, I started a big company, SAP. I was an early sales rep when they were building out the sales team at Square. So like I saw pretty enterprisey focus, I actually started as a sales engineer. Then I saw very SMB oriented sale at Square. Uh, and then I started as an early employee at a product analytics company called Heap, where I was there from six employees to about roughly 300 uh, over six years, like zero to 40 million in ARR or so. Um, and we were an organization that was really good at outbound sales. Like you mentioned, when outreach and sales off were coming on the scene, 2015, 2016, 2017, we were the biggest nerds ever with it, yeah. right? Like really good at 
what are the right cadences and what's the right messaging and who should you target? And I'll tell you what, that play worked really well. Yeah. Like we could hire kids out of school and say, hey, send these emails with this messaging and make this many calls. And you're going to get 15, 18, 20 meetings a month. And that doesn't work today. So yeah. when we had a, this basically came from our time at Heat realizing that, you know, we could fill a U.S. football stadium with the amount of people using our product that loved our product, but we're banging on doors of people that have never heard of us. Yeah. And it quickly became like, hold on, we should exhaust this opportunity that's a lot more effective yeah. before we're doing the cold outbound. The cold outbound is not going to go away for a lot of companies, but I believe it should become a smaller and smaller part of the overall customer acquisition strategy. So we hacked together a version of this at Heap. Um, both my co-founders, we worked together at Heap. We're all pretty uh, you know, usage, data, analytics focused, pretty operational focused leaders and individuals. And um, what really led us to go after this was essentially, we saw the success we were having um, with kind of a, a half-assed version of this that we built internally. And then I left Heap and I spent a year as an operator in residence for a venture firm called Unusual Ventures. And what I saw there is, you know, my role was essentially, hey, Jesse, you're a ex-VP of engineers starting a new company, probably in the dev space, open source. You don't know how to do sales and marketing. So the hypothesis of Unusual Ventures is, can we drop Todd, and there was a couple of my peers, into your company? I would have your email address. I'd be working directly with you. Yeah. And what I saw is, you know, my last couple of years at Heap, I was running a sales org of 50 people. And I was a, I was kind of far removed from the day-to-day -day prospecting. When I got to Unusual, I was in it, right? I was like a BDR for a lot of these individuals. And what I realized is that the outbound process has just got a lot harder. Trying to run that playbook we ran in 2016, 2017 was maybe 1 100th as effective, right? So the combination of us having success with it at Heap um, and seeing that this trend, I think, is only getting harder, felt like, all right, there's going to be a real need for companies that that kind of are looking for other ways to get into deals that have to grow fast. So that gave me the conviction. We got the right team together. We did a lot of customer development. And in a lot of that customer development, people were like, yeah, I would buy this. Like, yeah. yes, we would pay a lot for this if it works as advertised. And that gave us the conviction and the investor's conviction. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of talk, especially like in early companies, but in really, you know, companies of all sizes, like going after the low hanging fruit. And this is the first time I'm hearing about someone who's literally capturing that low hanging fruit in the form of like real actionable data versus just saying like, oh, we should go in and pull a bunch of reports from the CRM and let's try to grind through those. This is this is actually low hanging fruit. These are people that are champ, uh, champions and fans of the product. And it, I love that aspect of it. And everyone says that, but then they don't go and invest the time and resources and projects to make it work. So like when I see companies hiring SDRs, when I'm talking to an SDR leader and they're averaging 60% attainment, five meetings a month that are converting at a really low clip, it's like, well, why aren't you focused on that first? Again, you have Champify. It's not going to fix all your issues. You still have to figure out how to go and grow the market and you know get into people that have never heard of you. But it's like, you should cover that channel first, right? Yeah. Because that's a channel that grows with you. So, yeah, I believe that if we do our job properly in the next three, four, five years, most companies, when they're in their board meeting talking about pipeline and revenue per source, will have Champify as one of those channels. Wow. No, that's that's really impressive. And it sounds like you're, you've built a really cool technology, and I'm excited to see that be adopted as one of the core parts of the sales stack for sure. 
what are what do you you know, you're working with a lot of clients and it sounds like over the course of the last couple of years you've had a lot of conversations with sales leaders and rev ops i'm sure what are some big challenges um you know beyond the ones we've already talked about that you're seeing in some of these organizations uh so in other words the question is what advice would you give to some sales leaders out there who are trying to overcome major challenges in July 2023 and you know for the rest of this year yeah, I mean, it's hard out there. I think like, let's look at the problems first and then the advice. From the problems perspective, I just think think about customer acquisition as a whole. I think like middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, like forecasting is as hard as it's ever been. Yeah. Like the scrutiny for a 30, 50K deal is higher than it's ever been. And I think where you're seeing a lot of orgs focus, if, if they have enough pipeline, it's around getting mutual valuations in plan, making sure you're getting the champion, getting really good on ROI case, understanding how to talk to CFOs, understanding the cost of inaction. I think most people though, actually have a bigger problem with top of funnel. And they're looking at, you know, in the past, they've had three to four X coverage ratios. And they're looking at that and going, well, our win rate's coming down, our velocity is going up. Therefore that ratio is not, A, it's not enough. And B, what can we do about that? So- the advice I have for folks is I think pipe generation and customer acquisition needs to become a team sport. Like it used to be able to say, Hey, SDRs, you're on an Island marketing's doing something. Go figure that out. It doesn't work like that. You right. need your smartest brains figuring out what are the campaigns? What are the offers? What, how do you get conversations going? What does that look like to get people familiar with you? And then how do you figure out where to invest your resource on people that might be ready to actually engage with you? So the advice I have for folks is stop trying to do everything, narrow in on the select plays that are actually working, do those things really, really well. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, what, uh, looking back at your career, cause that you've talked to us about, you know, the leadership roles you've had and, you know, you've been in some technical roles as well. What are, you know, some of the things that have really, that, that you feel like have really helped advance your career to this point where you're, you know, now launching a company? Um, are there, you know, two or three skills that you could point out that you feel like really served you well? I think the skill sets are, you know, you see a lot of people, I read a lot of the Paul Graham essays and the YC stuff. And like, from a founder perspective, I think it is really about just like, are you super gritty? Are you determined? Are you scrappy? I think that is the most important thing. Like, I used to think like, oh, I'm not as smart as these Stanford engineers. Like, could I actually go and do this? But I think a lot of the skills are actually outside of that pure IQ ability to build a product. I think that matters a lot. I think from my perspective, um, some of the things that I think have gotten me ready is I joined a really early stage startup. And from there, I was given a lot of responsibility and had to figure a lot of stuff out on the fly. Um, and I was just constantly in a, hey, you better keep learning. And that was, I had an opportunity to learn from multiple VP of sales, multiple CROs, a new CEO. Um, and in every one of those interactions, I was constantly saying, okay, what's changing? How do I get better? How do I have low ego? I don't care about being right. I just want the company to win and I want to do well as an individual and I want my teams to do well. So I think low ego, being gritty, being good leader, are all things that some of that is innate. Some of that is I've learned over the years that have allowed us to at least get a shot, right? At least get a shot at trying to start this, see how big it can become. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. Um, having been in a couple of early orgs myself, I know exactly how that is. Just, you know, you've got to just get in and, and do the work that's, and be humble about it in some ways too. You really can't, you know, you don't have all the answers and you're not going to have all the answers in a, in a company at that stage. 
tell us about what it's like. Cause now are you guys selling to sales leaders or sales ops or marketing or all of the above? Uh, I've not personally ever sold to revenue leaders in my career. I've sold to other titles, uh, sometimes more technical. And I know a lot of folks ask me, what is it like to sell? Or they want to hear more from guests who sell to revenue leaders. What kind of things might make that different than selling to maybe a technical leader uh, or a DevOps or IT or something like that? So most of my career, I was selling to pretty technical folks as well, right? Yep. I had six years, at six and a half years, almost at Heap was product managers, engineering, data teams, very, very different type of buyer. I was actually a little nervous getting into this of like, would I enjoy it? Would I be good at selling to the revenue leaders? Um, I think you're right in the personas that we talk to, right? Rev ops, marketing, sales, sales dev, definitely all four of them and even some customer success. And I think, you know, I called some folks that I knew that worked at Gong and I said, you know, what's it like selling to that person? They know the story, they know the discovery. You're kind of like, they know what you're trying to do. And I'll tell you what, I've really enjoyed it because um, A, they know what you're going through. So you're a lot less likely to be ghosted. You're a lot less likely to get put through all the hoops, right? Like they know what you're running through. So I think there's a little bit more empathy on their end. Um, I think also selling something to revenue orgs, we're lucky enough to sell a product that has a very clear ROI. And in today's world, I think that's critical. Um, but I've enjoyed it because there's a lot less bullshit and there's a lot more transparency and truth. And then frankly, like I'm just more credible. Like I have been in the shoes of a lot of these individuals. I've sat in the board meetings and got chewed out because I didn't know my stuff. I've, yeah. I've signed up for a plan that was way too big. I've had to lay off reps, like all of the things that a lot of these people are thinking about and going through. I've done it. doesn't mean I'm an expert or I've done it better than anyone else, but I have seen it. And I think when you can understand those problems, it, I can be super credible to buyers and, and I also can be super empathetic about what they're going through. But lastly, I can also help them in, in, and I think this is everyone at Champify, we, we really try to help prospects and customers even outside of our solution. Like what can we do to get them thinking about comp plans or operating cadences or how do you change the structure from an inbound to outbound? Like everyone at our company has gone through a lot of that. So I, I really think the biggest thing is you can just be a lot more credible and confident when you're having these conversations. Like at Heap after six years, sure, I knew everything, but I never, I was never a product manager. I was never a VP of data. So like how credible could I actually get? It's just, there's a disconnect, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are, uh, what are some ways that you're planning to scale the company? Uh, I, I'm sure you're, you're eating your own dog food. You're using Champify to, to pick sure who those low hanging fruit prospects are, but what are some other campaigns that your team's running to help grow the sales org and, and grow the revenue numbers as well? We are, we are using our own product a ton. It's also very interesting. Cause like, we're not the best fit for Champify yet. Like another six months, nine months, 12 months will become our ideal customer. Uh, we are definitely using it and pushing the limits on everything we can do. Um, I think the way we're thinking about it is, what worked in the early days of Heap, which a lot of sales leaders or new founders are going to say, hey, I'm going to follow the playbook for four. That play is not it. Like, just quite frankly, I couldn't hire 10 SDRs and say, follow that same playbook from 2017. Like, it's, it doesn't work like that. What does work, in my opinion, is a lot of stuff like this. Talking to you, people hear about us on podcasts. We do a lot of webinars that's really thought leadership oriented to build the trust of 
wow, those people at Champify know the problems I'm going through. They understand where the puck is heading. So for us, it's a lot of thought leadership. It's a lot of webinars. I'm bullish on events, both small regional events and bigger events, um, partnerships, like a lot of the, you can kind of see the theme for me is a lot of warmth, less kind of pure cold kind of tip of the spear that worked really well over the last 10 years and is struggling and more about like building a long-term brand that people can trust with and know that we're there when these problems arise. Yeah. Yeah. Relationship focus as opposed to just volume. Right. And, and a hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, uh, tell, tell my listeners where they can check out Champify. Uh, do y'all offer like a free trial or anything like that? Or how does that work? We do. We offer a data test, which has been really eye-opening for a lot of customers, which would be like, hey, Jesse, you sell you know, a product at Meta, or let's just say you work at Datadog or insert big B2B company. Um, what we can do is get hooked up in your CRM and understand like how big of an opportunity is this, right? Like if you were to turn this on, what type of alerts would you see? If you can get similar outcomes of our customers, what type of pipeline does that look like? Where are you seeing movement across people that have used your product and bought your product in terms of <clears throat> what types of companies they're going, what size of companies, how are they advancing in their career from a seniority perspective? How much closer are they getting to buying decisions? So we have a data test, very easy to set up. Um, people can find that at champify.io and we're always happy to talk through it. And even if you're not ready for something like Champify, there's a lot of value in going through that. Yeah, now, that sounds like a great way to test it out and, and see the value before you you know commit to anything longer term. That's really cool. Um, and then as far as, uh, if folks want to reach out and get in touch with you directly, how do you suggest? Yeah, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I'd say, follow me on LinkedIn. I would say DM me on LinkedIn. If you're thinking through any of some of the challenges that I've just mentioned, I've probably run into some component of that. Again, I don't have all the answers, but I do have some experience going through a lot of that. So I'd encourage people, you know, you might not be interested in Champify at all. That's great. That's fine. But any go-to-market challenge you're thinking through, like DM me, I'm happy to talk about it. We have tons of content on ways to kind of be better as a new sales leader, taking over as a new demand gen team. Um, but LinkedIn is definitely the best way. Awesome. Last question would just be for all of the frontline sellers out there. And, and you know, most of my audience is everyone who's in the trenches every day, prospecting, trying to find those connections with buyers. What advice would you give them for finishing out uh, 2023 in the best way possible? First off, I think frontline sales manager is the hardest job, period. And I think right now it's harder than ever because there's a lot of pressure and there's less resources than there have been in the past. I think what most people tend to get wrong is they, most people aren't trained to be a frontline sales manager, right? Yeah. And what ends up happening is you have to fight this constant battle of, do I just coach people in deals or try to be a super rep? And really what I would encourage people to do is zoom out, think like a PM, think like a product manager and say, okay, what are the two or three things I need to impact? How do I have sprints around that? Examples of this could look like, hey, uh, we're having trouble getting to power. Great. Let's do workshops around that. Measure it, understand what's working, share a lot of those learnings. Don't try to boil the ocean and say, we need to do a million things, right? Like, Dumb down the accounts you're targeting, dumb down the opportunities you're working on, forget the coverage numbers and figure out like, what can I do really, really well at a high level? And I think if you narrow your scope, you'll have better outcomes. Yeah, no, that's great advice. So for everyone listening out there, pay close attention to that so you can finish out the year in, in the best way possible. 
Well, Todd, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, appreciated hearing your story. Love learning about Champify and uh, can't wait to check it out. Likewise, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, Jesse.